So now, uh, Caroline Park is going to come up. She has a great message to bring this sermon series in for a landing. So please welcome Caroline. Good morning. Good to see you. I'm Caroline, one of the pastors here. Um, And as Sarah said, today is our last Sunday in our current series, The Power of the Holy Spirit in Ordinary Time. We're not only approaching the end of our series, we're actually approaching the end of the ordinary time in church calendar. Uh, The special time starts in two weeks with Advent. You see how this works? Yes, this is a church calendar. Do you see the four purple blocks on top? That's Advent. So we are a couple weeks behind that. So the Advent means coming. And it's the four-week period leading up to Christmas, uh, the time set apart to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. As we transition from ordinary time to special time, and our series on the Holy Spirit um, into Advent season, which is about Jesus, I'd like to talk about how the Holy Spirit and Jesus connect. During our series, um, Holy Spirit in our ordinary time, we've covered different topics. But the overall theme has always been about the Holy Spirit coming close to us. We've talked about this uh, image a lot. Oh, yes. So the this is the temple um, floor plan, a temple in uh, Jesus's time, and the uh, temple in Jesus's time reflected the clear social and cultural boundaries. You can see uh, where the priests can go, but not the lay people. Where the men can go, the court of Israel was for Jewish men. Um, and the court of women for Jewish women, and then the court of Gentiles where um, up to only this part, Gentiles could approach, non-Jews could approach in the temple. Um, But when Jesus died, the curtain separating the holy of holies, the most holy place, and the holy place, and the most holy place was where the God, spirit of God was uh, thought to reside. And there was a curtain between the most holy and the holy place, and that curtain splits in two. And the Holy Spirit rushes out of it, out of the boundaries of the temple, into the world, um, into the heart of everyone who will say yes, who who will turn to her. God's movement toward us did not start then, though, um, It started from the very beginning of the Bible, from the creation of the world. It's the theme that runs through the story of God. God has always been pursuing us and is now. In the middle of this story of God pursuing us from creation till now, there is a significant event that quickens this movement of God toward us. And that story is Jesus' birth. This unexpected development in the story signals the whole paradigm shift. And that something new, something that's never been seen before, is coming. 
Let's take a look. It's from Matthew um, chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep and he d- awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. In some mysterious ways, Jesus is conceived from the Holy Spirit. It says it twice in the um, text. And he is called Emmanuel, God who is with us. And with us in the deepest sense of the words, God came among us, God became one of us. And this is not an everyday occurrence. See, the Holy Spirit has been in the world from the beginning. Genesis, the first book in the Bible, starts like this. In the beginning, Emmanuel, sorry. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Christ has always been from the beginning, too. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The word in this passage refers to Christ. So the Holy Spirit and Christ have been moving closer to us, pursuing us from the beginning of the world. Something like this. The Holy Spirit, and uh, but something that's never happened before, um, happens in today's story. The Holy Spirit and Christ enter the world in a new way, deeper and more profound than ever before. They're not just hovering over the surface of the world anymore. They become part of the world. They have entered into the world as a human child, the incarnation. Humanity and divinity woven into one. This is a universe-altering cosmic event. The creator God entering into the created world 
and becoming part of it so God can be with us. It is the most radical act of love. And the story progresses from here. Later in the Bible, after his resurrection, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit who comes to all to stay with us forever. So that now we all can carry God in us, not just Jesus, deepening the weaving of the divinity and the humanity in this world. Fulfilling what Jesus has come to do for us, Emmanuel, being with us. Bringing not only the whole humanity, but also the whole creation into communion with God through the Holy Spirit. As Jesus says in John 12:30, and I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Emmanuel is the greatest gift of Jesus. Emmanuel is the power of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, we sometimes miss out on the significance of Emmanuel and blow right through the birth and life of Jesus and focus only on his death. Where we put the emphasis in the story can change the meaning of the story. Let me explain. When we focus just on the cross and the resurrection, we're focusing on the sacrifice Jesus paid for us, for our sins. The popular view of the crucifixion is that Jesus paid the cost to Satan or to God, depending on the theology, so God can forgive us and we can become acceptable to God again. Which is a problematic view of God when you really sit down and think about it. It's saying God couldn't embrace us until his son died on the cross. So Jesus had to come to clean up our mess. In this version, Jesus came because we messed up. Jesus came to die. But Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest and a mystic, Uh, He writes in his book, Eager to Love, which I recommend, that Jesus coming to us was the first idea in God's mind. It has always been the plan A, not the plan B installed because people messed up. God came to us through Jesus because of God's overflowing and free love for us. He writes, the incarnation of God and the redemption of the world could not be a mere reaction to human sinfulness, but in fact, the exact free and proactive work of God from the very beginning. We were chosen in Christ before the world was made, as Paul says in Ephesians 1.4. He says, in fact, Jesus did not come 
to change the mind of God about humanity, it did not need changing. Jesus came to change the mind of humanity about God. He came so that we can really understand God's unchanging and passionate love for us and the world he created. So we can, he came so we can truly see who God is and who we are. Because experiencing it is the only way to know love. When we think about the story this way, what we hear is that God came and became one of us so he can be truly with us in the most radical and complete act of love and connection. And we are healed and restored through that love. Instead of how we've internalized it before, which is God had to come into our messed up and unpleasant world so he could die and save us because we messed up and were hopeless. Do you see the difference? How this might change our relationship to God, how our understanding of God? Both perhaps can be seen as love and care. But it's like the principal's office. Like you're called into the principal's office and the principal is really nice and you had a good talk and you were really helped by it. But you were only sent to the principal's office because you messed up. And you don't ever recall the experience fondly. And even in the best case scenario where you felt the principal's love and care and felt forgiven, you try your best to stay out of his office. Sometimes we see God as the aggrieved principal and maybe church as the principal's office. If we view Jesus as coming to us primarily to deal with our personal sin, It is understandable that we are thankful, but we also want to avoid him. When we're doing well, we don't really need help. When we're not doing well, well, we can use his help, but it also makes us feel pretty terrible that we messed up again. And we want to get out of there as fast as we can. Besides, when it becomes our personal sin only, we're reducing the cosmic significance of the incarnation into something about me primarily. The whole universe is going, ah, and we are just looking at our miserable selves, missing out on the whole mystery. The alternative way to understand the story is right in the passage itself. Emmanuel, God is with us. The reason for Jesus and the gift of of the Holy Spirit is Emmanuel. It is a rare kind of love. God delighting in our presence. Wanting quality time with us. 
inviting us into friendship with them. Imagine how we would be transformed if we really understood this kind of God, this kind of love. If we really lived in the reality of Emmanuel. If we lived in the world where we are in full union with God and the rest of the creation. With each other. We would see God differently. As a lover and a friend, not as the aggrieved principal. Our relationship with God would transform, and we would rest in the security of God's all encompassing love that never leaves us. We would actually enjoy God's presence. We would let God guide us into the unknown. We would let God heal us of our past wounds and we would trust and love again. We would make decisions knowing fully that God is always with us. It will take time for us to get to this place, if ever. But what is a life of faith? if not learning and experiencing the Emmanuel God daily. Isn't this what it means to turn toward God who is love? Don't we want to live with a sense of God with us always? Right? But it's not easy. It is so easy to forget in the business of life. If that's you, I have a suggestion. Uh, my first suggestion is... Okay, I missed some slides. Oh, and this is now... Okay, this. Keep a small object in your pocket to remember Emmanuel. Um, the hardest part about remembering is... To remember, to remember. <laughs> That's the hard part. Even when we try, we forget to remember. So I sometimes have a small rock or a bead in my pocket. And whenever I intentionally or accidentally touch it during the day, I think of God. God who is with me, who is in me. And I say a quick hello. Hi, God. Maybe it can be a necklace for you, a bracelet for you, whatever you might find um, convenient and also meaningful for you. Um, you can keep it in your pocket or somewhere on you. Something simple like this can be very effective. It has really helped me. Learning the reality of Emmanuel God is also why we gather together at the river. Every Sunday morning is about remembering God's constant presence with us. It is why we talk theology on Sunday morning sometimes, like today, because good theology breaks down barriers between us and God and others. It's not because it's just so fascinating. That's true too, but... 
Good theology helps us approach God and connect with God and really love people. And it is why we share and listen to each other's stories on Sunday mornings too. Because sometimes we see God more clearly through other people's eyes. We see God more clearly in other people's stories. We sometimes even see ourselves more clearly through others. This is also why we sometimes try spiritual exercises and different kinds of prayers and why we worship on Sunday mornings because we want to learn to communicate with God in different ways. It is easier to know that God is with us when we can access God in some ways. This is why we gather around the table all together, kids and grown-ups at our brunch churches. Because we have so much to learn from that experience. We have so much to learn from children. If you think we do all-together services for the children's sake, well, think again. We are expanded and challenged to include and love in the presence of children and teenagers. God came to us to be with us. We can certainly get closer to the floor and be with kids and youth. What better way to learn, Emmanuel? Well, I invite you all to experience it at our next brunch church, which is a week from today, um, Sunday after the service. I mean, Sunday after the Thanksgiving. So all these different ways of meeting together and sharing our lives together are about becoming the people who live in the reality of God with us, in us, among us. And this is exactly what we will do during the coming Advent season. So the second practical suggestion for living out Emmanuel today is to look forward to and plan for the Advent season. Starts in two weeks. December can be easily swallowed up, swallowed up by many activities. And it takes intention and effort to protect this special time. Right? The staff team has been thinking and talking about Advent um, for a while. And it, I think it will be a very special experience for us. During the four-week period of Advent, we'll be sharing and walking together the Christmas stories. Whatever that means, you'll find out. In hopes to learn the meaning of true Emmanuel, God with us in our own lives. Each week, we'll have a theme. On the first Sunday of Advent, which is uh, December 2nd this year, the theme will be waiting. We'll remember the story of a small and oppressed group of people who were waiting for God to come through and fulfill the promise of God's kingdom of love and freedom. We'll sit with the people in the story and reflect on ways in which we too are waiting for God to show up. 
The second Sunday of the Advent will be about preparing. We hear the stories of people who were waiting in dark, but still living in the hope of God's promise, preparing for a new season. We'll get to think about different ways that we can prepare for what God is bringing into our own lives, even as we wait in uncertainty. The third Sunday of the Advent will be about trusting. How did the people in the story trust God while not seeing clearly, while still waiting? What does it mean for us to trust God in the season that we are in? The fourth Sunday of Advent is December 23rd this year. This will be the reverse Christmas service. We will celebrate the coming of Emmanuel Jesus together and think about the theme following. The hope is that after walking the Advent season reflectively together, we'll be readier to receive God who is always with us and follow where God is leading us. It will be a community faith experience with different people sharing their stories and their reflections throughout the season. I'm really excited, aren't you? So look forward to it and plan around it. Starts in two weeks. My third practical suggestion is to make the Advent season special by marking the time. Marking the time help us to be aware of the passage of time, naturally. It helps us to think of the season, think about it as we live through it. It's like the rock in your pocket. An easy and fun way to mark the time during the season is to light Advent candles. I mean, who doesn't like candles? You can light them in the morning before you start your day or when you come home in the evening, when you sit down for dinner, whenever you want to. The visual, the atmosphere that get created by the candles will help us remember the special time that we're in. We have Advent candles um, on sale in the back today, if you want to get ready today. Um, it has the instruction for how to light the four different um, candles and what they mean. We're also going to create Advent audio recordings this year. They are to be used during the week. There'll be five recordings a week. Um, and it will be of the Bible stories and the reflection questions. They're designed to help us stay um, on the, in the weekly themes like waiting, um, preparing, trusting and following. They can be listened to alone or the whole family can listen together. They're designed to be um, children friendly as well. Um, and maybe you guys could share your thoughts over dinner afterward. If you are an advent calendar type of person, go for it. If you want some ideas about how you might do that or other ideas to mark the 
time during Advent, there is a fun and practical book called The Season of the Nativity, which we also have available on the welcome counter today. Last practical suggestion as I wrap up, to desire and prepare to grow and change. I really think God is waiting to bring God's deeper presence into our lives. And if we invite God in, we will grow and change. The new season will come and new birth will come. Who doesn't want that, right? Well, the thing about growth and new birth is that we need to be willing to let go of the old. And even the most adventurous person among us doesn't always like changes. Well, unfortunately, there's no way around it. Growth means change. New season means the old season has passed. But what God has for us is good and life-giving. The unknown can be scary, but God leads us into the places of deeper love and connection. So let's prepare our hearts for the special season that is upon us. Expect God to speak to you and prepare to be changed by the voice and be led into a new place, a new season. Desire for this change that's coming. Let me pray for us. God, we look to you. We turn towards you today. We pray that we may experience and understand your Emmanuel love for us. We pray that you would reach our hearts, minds, and souls. That it would change and heal and grow us. That we would learn to carry your presence in us always. Amen.